was inspired recently to share my story about miscarriage and this isn't our typical Tuesday time out. It's not lighthearted and inspirational and funny. It's heavy and it's something that I've kind of had a bit of a hard time sharing because the scars are quite deep on my heart still. And as much as you try and, you know, move forward, you never fully get over something like that. It never fully goes away. And I'm going to tell you my story because I feel that maybe sharing this will help someone else that's going through it know that they aren't alone. I'm already starting to tear up. (laughs) This is such an emotional topic and, you know, it happens more and more and people never used to talk about it. It was like taboo, like you didn't talk about miscarriage and you didn't talk about loss. And in the last, I don't know, decade, it's become something people are more open to talk about, which is great because it's something people need to talk about because it makes us feel like there are other people that have gone through it and that you're not alone. And there's strength in numbers when you realize that there are other people around that you can talk to. And even after I, you know, after I started talking to people about my miscarriages, I found more and more people that had gone through it that I had no idea. So I have had two miscarriages, one in the first trimester and one in the second. And the first miscarriage that I had was our honeymoon baby. So my husband and I got pregnant on our honeymoon and it was not planned. It was unexpected. We were excited, but it was very unexpected. And I remember like just being elated by the idea of being a mom. I had wanted to be a mom for so long and it just happened. And I, you know, we had started telling our family because we were excited. We hadn't officially announced everyone yet, but we had started telling the people closest to us. And, you know, we had the initial ultrasounds and things looked good and I'll remember you know being so excited and shopping for a few things early on and you know you don't want to ever think like anything is going to happen you don't think like that you're not you're not set on the fact that well what could go wrong when especially when you're you know first baby or everything is just, you're so excited. You're shopping for the cute little onesies and things, even before you hit the second trimester, because you're just, you're so excited at the thought of having this little human. (laughs) And I'll never forget what happened. I'll never forget that. I, I was at 
I was at work one day and I just started feeling not well. I started cramping and not feeling great. I went home and by, you know, the morning rolled around and I had started bleeding. And I didn't really know, I didn't really know too much about miscarriage at this point. I, I think at this point I was not between, I was nine or ten weeks at this point. And I actually, I worked at a, at a doctor's office at this point and I had talked to, I had mentioned it to my boss and she suggested that I go up to the hospital because she was experienced in having babies and she knew more than me and so I went it was early in the morning and I went up and I had called my husband and told him that he should probably come so he came and and sat with me and I'll never forget we were there for hours and hours sat up there and they basically said that, you know, there was no there was no heartbeat and those words just cut. They dig into your heart. If you've been in a situation like this, you know what that feels like. You to hear someone say those words to you just feels devastating. And, you know, for something that we didn't even plan on, all of a sudden, it was, our world was crumbling. And I remember going home after this, they basically just said, like, your body is miscarrying, just go home and and wait it out. And I did, and I got quite sick, and had heavy, heavy bleeding and cramping and, you know, the physical stuff was awful, but the mental and emotional toll that it takes was just something else. And I remember being home and this all happened right around the time of my sister's wedding. And I remember not going to my sister's wedding um she was in the province over and I just couldn't I just couldn't bring myself to be around family I was still not well and emotionally I was definitely not well it just was not it wasn't gonna happen and my sister was very understanding of that but I even till this day I feel awful about not having been there for her it was just bad timing (laughs) but you know that whole experience oh I'm getting emotional about it (laughs) it was life-changing because from that moment you know we wanted to have a baby more than anything because For something we didn't even know we really wanted at that moment, it became everything. We got pregnant again 
fairly soon after that, I believe it was about three, maybe two or three months after the miscarriage that we found out we were pregnant with our son Jackson. And of course, you know, a pregnancy after a loss, if you've ever been through that, is horrifying because you are judging every single step of the way. You are just reading into every twitch and every cramp and every little thing in your body you're worried about and you're Googling and you're obsessing about. And it's milestone after milestone. You know, you're, you heard the heartbeat. Then, you know, every week you're just oh, waiting for the next thing. And I didn't really enjoy my son's pregnancy at all because I was constantly just, okay, and if I can just, I just need to make it to this and I just need to make it to second trimester and I just need to make it to 20 weeks. And I just, it was just very milestone driven, constantly researching and constantly setting timelines and never really fully enjoying the actual pregnancy because I was obsessed with the next thing. And in and all the reading I've done, like that's normal, I guess. It's just you can't calm yourself down. After you have a loss, it's just your brain goes into this mode where you just think something's going to go wrong and your anxiety spikes about everything. <laughs> so that was naturally what happened to me. And our pregnancy, his pregnancy went flawlessly really like at the end of the day he was healthy he arrived on his due date and he was healthy and wonderful and I enjoyed my time with him so much when he was a newborn it was great and it was 2013 so Jackson was uh seven. 18 months, 18 months when Scarlett was born. And that pregnancy was a lot different than Jackson's because I had a healthy pregnancy with Jackson. I wasn't as obsessed and driven by the milestones as I was with Jackson. And I mean, I'm sure that maybe too, just an uh, someone having a second pregnancy would be kind of the same way. In the sense that you're busy with your first, you're not necessarily sitting there reading the apps and knowing what size of fruit your baby is. Like you're busy with a toddler or, you know, a preschooler or whatever, depending on the age difference. Her pregnancy and the pregnancy with her went really smoothly as well. I had thyroid issues, but nothing really, you know, that I had to worry about. Um, and then we we ended up moving to an acreage and we knew that we wanted to have a third child, but we hadn't, we hadn't really kind of set a timeline for that. We were kind of just, if it happens, it happens. We weren't really setting pressure on it to try like to distinctly go out of our way to schedule and try, but you know, we were okay with it if it happened. And I'll never forget finding out that I was pregnant for with another child. It was overwhelming, exciting. I couldn't believe it. 
We did announcement photos. We were elated. We had done pictures with the kids. It was so exciting. We had pumpkin pictures with a little baby pumpkin. It was going to be really exciting to have our third baby. Things went pretty well through the first, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 weeks. I hit 13 weeks and then when I went for an appointment at 14 weeks, we I was at an appointment by myself and those of you that, you know, have more than one child know that you know, not necessarily, the husband doesn't necessarily come to every single appointment once you have a few kids. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, you go and give them the updates after, (laughs) which was the case for us. So I was on my own and my doctor kind of, you know, did all the examination and did her thing and then went to listen to the heartbeat thinking, you know, we should be able to find it at this point. And, you know, I was in the room for I don't even know how long, like it's kind of fuzzy at this point. She couldn't find it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it. And, you know, my anxiety is starting to peak, getting restless, lying on the table. I'm trying to stay calm, but it's excruciatingly hard. And I'll never forget, she said, you know, it's okay, like, you know, maybe the baby's just positioned differently. So I'm going to send you for an ultrasound, she said, next door. So I will, they got me in for an ultrasound right away, and I went next door to the building where the ultrasound clinic was. And I'll never forget sitting there. Everything just seemed like a drug on because you're just, I think if anyone would have looked at me they would have known something was wrong with me because my eyes were just overwhelmed and sad because I already knew something wasn't right mother's intuition like I didn't need that ultrasound to know something wasn't right and I went for the ultrasound and of course the text like cold and you know, trying to stay fairly neutral because obviously she's not allowed to say anything or give any sort of signs that anything is wrong or good or what have you because that's not her line of work. And so then, you know, she does her thing and then they tell me I can go. And this is where kind of the ball got dropped a little bit because I, you know, I get to the car and I'm crying because I, I don't know anything, but I, inside I, I know. And I started to drive and, you know, I had calmed myself down enough to drive and I drove probably 10, 12 minutes and I, I will always remember where I was when my phone rang and the intersection in the city here, every time I drive through it. It brings back that day. And oh, this is hard. <laughs> Harder than I thought it would be. And my doctor phoned and she said, Can you come back to the clinic? 
and I instantly broke down in tears because I knew that if she couldn't just say that something was really wrong and I just started to cry and she said oh, you know they shouldn't have let you go you should have I wish they would have sent you back over here and I said can you just tell me can you just say it just say the words so she said yeah they there's no heartbeat the baby passed away at about nine weeks growth showing so I had been carrying around a baby that had not been alive for many weeks and my body hadn't figured it out my body was still holding on to that baby and wouldn't let go (laughs) so she asked me what I wanted to do she gave me options she said I can let you go through the weekend and you can come in on Monday because this was a Friday and she's like you can come in on Monday and we can you know if nothing has happened over the weekend if you haven't started bleeding or miscarrying and then we can talk about booking a DNC and or taking the medication and I I just said, yeah, give me the weekend because I I would have preferred everything to have gone naturally just to see. And uh, so Monday rolled around, nothing had happened. So I went to see her and like the weekend was just awful. Like knowing that there is a baby inside you that isn't alive. It was awful. And I went in and she scheduled the procedure and for, I think it was two days later and and that was a, one of the hardest weeks of my life because my body had no idea that the baby wasn't alive. It still thought it was pregnant. I had nausea and it was pregnancy symptoms. And it was hard because I, I knew that I wasn't carrying a living child anymore. That my baby had passed, but my body had <laughs> just couldn't clue in it wasn't something that automatically just shuts down your system so I go, my husband came with me to the hospital, to this procedure and my parents had graciously taken our two kids, they lived um, not, they lived I can't remember, an hour, hour and a half from us and they had taken the two kids for a few days which was amazing, I remember thinking that I didn't know how I was going to be a mom to them when I came home. So I'll never, I'll never forget how grateful I was that they took them to give me, oh man, I'm sorry, I'm just so emotional about this, to give me and my husband time alone to grieve and to be together because that time was very valuable 
And if you're ever in a situation like this, I pray you're not. But if you ever are, I hope that you have someone who can provide you some relief with for your other kids because it's not something that's easy. It's emotional. It's horrible. Sometimes you need to scream. Sometimes you need to cry. Having little kids around when you do that, it's just hard. <laughs> and we went to the hospital for our appointment. And of course, you're waiting and waiting. And we get sent to a room and it comes a nurse. I'll never forget this. In walks this nurse who my husband knew. <laughs> and I kind of knew through Facebook and social media and... Uh, I recognized her and she walked in and oh hey how's it going and all excited and to see him and then I instantly you know broke down and I will never forget the look on her face when she opened the chart and saw why we were there it was, you know, she had to leave to collect herself because she knew right away what had happened. And we went for the procedure and everything went fine. I I struggled up before this procedure with the idea of it because to me it was, you know, someone is going in and someone is removing a child from you in my I'm like this is what happens when you have an abortion like I couldn't wrap my brain around the fact that this was happening to me that my body just wasn't ready to let go and we after this finished I remember being in the hospital and I just remember being so nauseous because of the anesthetic and just me just crying and it was just an emotional experience and a physical experience and I'll never forget that you know when we been we went home and we did have we had the time together and the two of us which was so needed and I will be grateful for that forever they don't tell you at the hospital that you can still feel pregnant after a DNC or a miscarriage. You just assume that once it's over, you go back to your life. You assume that when the procedure is done, that you're not pregnant anymore. You're moving on. What they don't tell you is that those hormones take a long time to go all the way back down to zero. And I'll never forget having to go back to the lab every three days to watch those numbers drop until my doctors were satisfied that the numbers were low enough. And it took seven weeks for my body to connect the dots. Seven full weeks of experiencing pregnancy symptoms. It was such a mind game. I remember Googling like crazy, feeling like maybe I'll be some miracle case that all of a sudden my numbers are going to rise and they'll realize that they didn't actually take the baby or that the baby is still there and growing. Like 
you feel psychotic because you're searching for all of these different scenarios that could happen, but you're just, you're grasping for hope. You feel hopeless, so you're searching for some sort of a miracle in all of this. Maybe that's me. What if this happened or what if that happened? You know, the emotions you go through in that period of time. I went through seven weeks of being angry, sad, confused, and just totally let down by my body. You know, I've always had a hard time with the fact that they say there's no real explanation for a miscarriage. You know, they say there's nothing you could have done to prevent it or, you know, it's not caused by anything in particular. But as a mom, you sit there and you play everything you did, every step you take over and over again in your head, thinking, you know, maybe I did something. Maybe I caused this. What if I, you know, what if I ate too much fish or what if I accidentally had wine before, you know, like I found out I was pregnant. Maybe that did it. You play every scenario in your head. And I had so much work stress. And even today, I still feel like it it contributed to the fact that I lost the baby. Like I blamed myself for the mismanagement of my stress, thinking if I had better had a handle on things, if I had done things differently, I wouldn't have been so worked up all the time. I wouldn't have had such crazy anxiety and stress and I wouldn't have lost the baby. I just blamed myself this guilt, this heavy guilt that I wore on my shoulders. And it isn't fair. You're, you're already struggling with the idea of loss. And then on top of it, you're blaming yourself. And I remember back to those seven weeks, it took so long for my body to connect the dots and realize that I wasn't pregnant any longer. I wanted nothing more than to start moving forward with my life. And I just distinctly remember screaming at Brandon multiple times how upset I was because my body was failing me. My body was letting me move forward. Everyone just said, you know, one foot in front of the other, but my body wasn't getting the memo. How are you supposed to go forward when your body still has every pregnancy symptom imaginable? My body wasn't letting go. It was in denial. Why? I just You just keep thinking, you're like, why am I going through this? Like, the baby is gone. Why can't my body just figure it out? And I remember the DNC procedure happened. It would have been late October. And I decided, you know, we needed to set up for Christmas as soon as Remembrance Day hit, we as soon as that happened, we needed to set up the next day because I needed joy in my sadness. I needed something to take my mind off of the incredible loss we had experienced because it had taken over our lives. I remember going to look at Christmas lights with our family and while we were out, a friend messaged Brandon and he said, you know, I know you guys have been through a lot. Uh, we wanted to let you know that we are expecting and it also came with an added note that he should only share this with me when he thought I was really ready to hear this and you know he was really excited for them and you know he immediately jumped to share and read the text to me 
He thought I was ready. I wasn't. I, I couldn't deal with it. I had every possible emotion surging through my body. I wanted to be happy for them. I wanted nothing more than to celebrate with them. But I was extremely bitter. I was hurting. Why does she get a baby and not me? I was angry at myself for acting this way. What was wrong with me? They deserved happiness. Why was I so bitter at them for announcing their pregnancy? I couldn't get over it. I couldn't get over the way I was acting, but I couldn't stop myself. And after talking to a therapist about it, I found out that that's normal. This is a normal reaction after you experience a loss. When your friends announce their pregnancies, it's tough. I thought, seriously, Sabrina, you have two healthy kids. Why on earth are you upset at your friends? You go through this whole string of emotions and you don't even know why. And eventually when my hormones finally decided to level out, I'll never forget my doctor said before this final appointment when we found out everything was was okay he said to me that if things didn't level out enough that i you know it could mean that part of the baby or the placenta was left behind i'm sorry excuse me in that moment i wanted to throw up he said something about potentially needing another dnc and like I couldn't imagine having to go through that twice. It seriously made me sick to my stomach to think about having to go through that whole process again. And I'm so grateful that everything naturally came down because I don't know how I would have coped with a second procedure. When all was said and done and the hormones dropped, I thought, okay, you know, you finally you can you can move forward but it doesn't end there even after those hormones drop it's something that you deal with for the rest of your life as you can see through this podcast it's still very raw and emotional for me this was almost 5 years ago i've had two healthy babies since then we are so blessed with four wonderful, loud, obnoxious, beautiful, healthy children, you know, which I am so grateful for every day. And I thank God for those kids, but it doesn't change the fact that I had two babies who left too soon. I will always remember the babies I lost. Those experiences that I had scarred my heart forever. When someone tells you there is no heartbeat, that your baby is gone, it's a feeling like none other. You know, I've described it all emotional again. (laughs) 
I've described it on numerous occasions as the feeling that you can physically feel your heart break. It feels like it's shattered. Like you're grabbing your chest. I remember my hand on my chest as if a sensation to hold your heart. Like I physically felt my heart break. And you're trying to hold it together as it's crumbling. It's a sensation I've, I've never experienced since. And I pray that you never have to go through that. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. And you know, my miscarriages come up every now and again. Something will trigger, you know, something is said, a memory, something brings me back to that day. Maybe I drive through that intersection. That reminds me of the worst day of my life. It will always be a part of my motherhood journey. It's something you don't just get over by having another baby. Having another baby, it doesn't ever replace the one you lost. And you know, people will always say the wrong things in situations when you go through the loss of a baby. People have good intentions, and but they don't know what to say and they're grasping at straws. They just say the wrong things. Things like, oh, you can always try again. Oh, you have two healthy children. I remember, oh, it just, it wasn't meant to be. They, these words people say to you, they unintentionally cut you with their words. But people are human and they just, they don't know what to say. And I want to tell you that if you are ever faced with a situation like this, where one of your family or friends goes through this horrible experience of the loss of a baby in a pregnancy, simply saying to them that there is nothing that you can say that will fix it, that will make them feel better, but that you're there for them. You're there to listen bring them a meal, offer to help with their older children, to take their older children out to do something, to give them a break. Because realize that nothing you say can change what has happened to them. Nothing will make them feel better. Don't try to cheer them up. Just make sure that they know you're there for them. Make sure they know that you love them and you care about them. And that you know they're hurting. Just make yourself available to them. But honestly, it's okay not to know what to say. And you know, I truly hope that you never go through these experiences. And I pray that if you have gone through this experience similar to mine, that you have support and love from family and friends around you if you need support please reach out to me I am here for you I can listen you can cry, yell, scream 
I am here for you. Just know you're not alone. You don't have to go through an experience like this alone. Please message me if you need support. I want to thank you for tuning into today's Tuesday timeout. It was so much heavier than I even thought it would be. It was so emotional for me. But I hope that even just one person finds comfort in knowing that they aren't alone in their struggles with miscarriage. I hope that maybe from my story, you can react and treat people differently when you encounter these situations. Maybe you'll know that it's okay not to know what to say to them. And I just hope that on days like today, I know for me, I need to go find joy in my circus. And I want you to go find some joy in your circus.